0: When it comes to time for you to make a decision, they're gonna say, brain says go to the gym, body says lay on the couch. Okay. If you lay on the couch, you gave in to what your body naturally wants after two billion years of, of evolution. But then we're taught by our parents, our teachers, our bosses, our churches, all those things. If you're lazy, you're a bad person. No one will love you, will will actually kick you out of our city and then you'll die. Like, like literally laziness is tied to being unworthy. But all of us have 2 billion years of history making our bodies lazy. Our minds are not lazy, but our bodies are lazy. And they, they send us fake signals about how hard the workout's going to be, about how unpleasant it's going to be. So how do you harness lazy to make you motivated? Well, on one hand, laziness does motivate us.
1: Girl, you've got questions. Well, hello, everyone, welcome to a new series for The Girlfriend Doctor Show called He Said, She Said. And the reason why I am calling it He Said, She Said is number one, the guest that I have on today gave me the idea because I was on his stage in uh, Beverly Hills for his biohacking conference for a He Said, She Said panel. And I just love the idea because there are certainly differences between men and women. And today we're going to talk about some of those differences with the father of biohacking himself, founder of Bulletproof, really leading pioneer, cutting edge trailblazer in biohacking, longevity, health, and, you know, all things life hack worthy. So we're going to get into it today. And I can't wait to introduce you to him. You may have heard of him. He is Dave Asprey. And we'll be sharing about his new book too, which I love the title, Smarter Not Harder, The Biohacker's Guide to Getting the Body and Mind You Want. This is with New York Times bestselling author, Dave Asprey. So let me bring him on. Well, hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello there. How are you?
0: Why, hello there. I just magically appeared on the screen. Hi, Dr. Quebeca, or should I call you Anna? I think I'm going to call you Anna.
1: Call call me Anna. Call me Anna. And um, it's great to be here with you and great to chat with you and also learn about some of your latest and greatest biohacking, because this is what number book for you?
0: Uh, I think this is my eighth book. It should be my fifth New York Times bestseller, assuming that Everyone who loves what I share with you decides that they want to buy the audiobook or the print book right now. I'd be so grateful. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only yeah. after you hear what we have to say, because the stuff in here is it's new. It's 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 not a rehash. It's uh it's new information in the world that I think is really valuable.
1: Well, and I've known you for quite a while. I mean, way back in I think it was twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, interviewed you for my uh, sexy younger youth summit mm-hmm. way back. And that's where you taught me about bulletproof coffee, adding butter and MCT oil to coffee, which we use in our keto green world and our, mm-hmm. um, our programs. And I've written about it in our, my first book, the hormone fix. And I just want to talk about your journey into biohacking the you know your evolution a little bit about where you started, because it's pretty fascinating. You are a hacker. You are a true hacker. Mm-hmm. And uh, how old were you when you were on the cover of what journal was that?
0: Oh, Entrepreneur Magazine. But t- to be to be super clear, I was uh, I was actually the centerfold in Entrepreneur Magazine. <laughs> I was on the cover, uh, and that's my. People say Dave, you weren't fat. I'm like, well, here's my picture of when I'm 23 in Entrepreneur Magazine, and I'm wearing a double extra large shirt, and I had a 46 inch waist, and I weighed 300 pounds. I'm pretty sure I was fat. And then the the low calorie trolls usually go away at that point. And then later, like the most unlikely thing ever to be the fat computer hacker from Jurassic Park kind of thing, all the way to being probably 47 and having the photographer for men's health show up at my house and say, okay, take off your shirt. I'm like, no, that wasn't our deal. Uh, I, uh, you know, normally you, you fast for several days and take diuretics and they do all this weird stuff to, to, and the spray tans, none of that. So I'm like, okay. So there's a full page picture of me in men's health with my shirt off with no preparation. I didn't even get to do pushups and I think I look pretty good. So something's working. So that's the opposite of
1: typically, right? Typically 23, it's in that amazing, uh, chiseled body. And then no, at 47, there you are.
0: Yeah. And now
1: at 50.
0: I'm actually lower body fat now than I was in that picture. I'm at 8% body fat, thanks to the stuff that's in uh, Smarter, Not Harder. Uh, It it just turns out we were wrong. We thought hard work got results. And it turns out hard work gets hard results. (laughs) But there is a way to make your body do what you want that isn't hard. And then all that energy you were putting into doing things the hard way, you could put it into being a better parent, taking care of yourself in other ways, uh, improving your brain, not just you know how you look, just all sorts of personal development. Or you could also just like watch Netflix a bunch. It, it's it's time you're putting in that you think is getting your results because it's hard. And I just want you to know, sometimes hard is necessary, but if you're going to work hard, you should be like changing the world. You shouldn't just be working hard to try and have the butt you want. It <laughs> It's not worth it.
1: Well, and, and then talk about that because you're changing the world and you are, I mean...
0: You, you want me good. to talk about my butt? I, I am...
1: You are constantly working. No, we. I don't know, y'all, if you have seen some of Dave Asprey's, if you are following Dave Asprey on Instagram or in social media and then see him, but what was it, butt sunning? But sunning. <laughs> <laughs> there Anna, are... I
0: think the word is butthole sunning, Anna. Butthole sunning.
1: And butthole yes, sunning. I was in
0: the New York Post. I, I did a joke post where I'm on a private beach where no one can see. And I, there's a side picture with you know nothing you don't want to see. And, and I'm like, you'll know, my legs up in the air, the sun hitting me. And I'm saying, guys, you know, there's this butthole sunning trend. There's no science behind it, but watch out. If you get a sunburn, it's like you ate spicy food. And the New York post picked it up and said, biohacker bro burns bum. And it was all a joke. And now like that kind of sunning butthole sunning is like a meme <laughs> in the trend. And it makes me laugh because it was a joke guys. <laughs>
1: It was a joke. It was a joke. And that's, that's awesome. So, I mean, I think that I means really powerful So you've gone through doing all the hard work, spending mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars with technology and supplementation and, and research and study and, I mean R&D research and development and not only do you have you developed your your platform with Dave Asprey and 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 founder of Bulletproof but also now with Upgrade Labs really bringing this to the community to the nation in you know bringing high tech in an accessible way but you say you have it didn't surprise me when I read this for some reason but you say it is the laziness principle can you
0: all right, I want to make it really clear here and this might be repellent to some people. I am way lazier than you are. I mean, I am super lazy. And it's that laziness that has led me to build a 100 million dollar company that's bulletproof and to have, you know, a few hundred million people have list or downloads of my podcasts and New York Times and all, all sorts of stuff you wouldn't you wouldn't even imagine. And it's because I wanted to do it with less work. And when I managed to do it with less work then I had more capacity to do something else, it's literally that I didn't choose the hard path. I was willing to work hard. I just didn't want to work hard. And that's what led me to write smarter, not harder. The laziness principle goes like this. There's a system in your body that you can't see that's hiding itself from you right now. And it's actually kind of disturbing. For instance, if I do this clap my hands, you know, that you heard it right after it happened. It took a little while for the sound to get to you. And then it was there for you. But it turns out once the signal gets to your body, there's a third of a second where no one knows what happens, but your brain doesn't get that signal until a third of a second later. What's going on there is the operating system of your body is deciding whether it wants to show you the sound and bring it to your attention or just throw it away as being useless and you and i and we don't see the fact that there's a lag time on reality and in the middle of each eye there's a blind spot about the size of a dime and we can't see it so there's a system in your body that's hiding parts of reality from you on purpose that's the system we're hacking it's the one that decides whether a calorie goes into a bicep or if it goes into inflammation it's the one that decides whether you get to pay attention it decides how much willpower you have it decides what your hormones are going to do. And there is an interface to that. You can adjust your operating system. It's also the one that decides whether you're gonna get triggered or not by whatever I just said, or whatever someone else just said. All of this is automatic and invisible to us and we just get the feeling at the end of it. So in Smarter Not Harder, I teach you how that works and then what you can do about it. And it's kind of magical because knowing that there's that, that system there Okay, what does it listen to? It listens to the environment around you. So you use changes to the environment or you use things that just tell the body change and it does it. For instance, one of the hacks that I write about in Smarter, Not Harder is called ReHit. This is a technology that we use at Upgrade Labs. Upgrade Labs is my biohacking facility. We're opening dozens of them across the country right now. It's a franchise. You can go to ownandupgradelabs.com to learn more about that. But this is the idea that all the stuff that the crazy billionaires do, most of which I get to try and then I can write about them and just see how it works. I am not a billionaire, that would be nice, but it's not my goal. If you if you look at that, you go, wow, that's what a Navy seal did. That's what that Hollywood actress did. That's what that professional NFL quarterback did. They're all using biohacks, but they're using the expensive ones you don't get access to. But they those teach us new things. So Upgrade Labs has all the stuff you can go in and just have a membership and do it, but it teaches us something about these principles. And there's a technology called ReHit that you learn about in the book. I do it with an artificial intelligence driven uh, bicycle that's modified for Upgrade Labs, but the principle behind it looks like this. You think that if you wanna improve your cardiovascular performance, you gotta work hard. So you put on some stretchy clothes, put on the tennis shoes, go for a run, right? And you do it, and you come home, you're all sweaty, you're tired, breathing hard, I'll get results. Well, yeah, you'll get results. If you do an hour a day of cardio five days a week for two months straight, you will improve by 2% your cardiovascular capacity. If you do what I'm talking about for 15 minutes a week, that's three, five minute workouts, no sweating allowed. You'll get a 12% improvement, six times more results in 15 minutes versus five hours every week.
1: So tell me what that is. I know like what? Okay. You didn't tell me about that one.
0: All you have to do is eat a tapeworm. No, that's what they did (laughs) in the 1900s. Not
1: the worm at the bottom of the tequila
0: bottle. (laughs) That might work too. That might work. What's going on, Anna, is we are figuring out that the body is very carefully allocating resources. And what it responds to is not how hard you work or the amount of work, but how quickly you turn the work on and how quickly you turn the work off. So it's the speed that you return to baseline that matters. So what we have you do is get on the bike and go so slow it's boring. Then hit it like you're going to die for about 10 seconds and then do breathing exercises to quickly return to baseline. And it's the speed that you come back. Here's the signal that your body hears. Okay, The body doesn't like it that you're in there. The body wants to be in charge of itself just like you were an animal. When you do that really fast sprint and I, this is not high intensity interval training, it's different, but if you do that really fast sprint for just 20 seconds, it's like, oh my God, there's a tiger Whew, got away. Everything is safe now. That's the calming down. And since everything is safe and what do you know, I had enough minerals in my diet. I have enough protein. Now I can actually repair myself. And since I'm safe. There is a stimulus and I have the building blocks. Let me just do it. And you get that 12% improvement over a short period of time. By the way, 12% improvement in VO2 max it equals about two years of additional lifespan in studies. This is a big deal. Five minutes a day, a little bit more than brushing your teeth, but it's only every other day. So five minutes every other day, you brush your teeth for two minutes. This works out to two and a half minutes a day. No sweating, no change of clothes required unless you're in a skirt. You can hike it up if you want to, if no one's looking. I mean, it's yeah. that easy.
1: So it is really, you can call it the rubber band principle, right? I mean, it's like that stretching till, you know, the extreme and then being able to bounce back. That's a resilience. So this is working on developing your resilience. What does it do to you physiologically? So physiologically, so it's increasing your VO2 max, you know, but physiologically, how is it working on your mitochondria?
0: what it does is it drains glycogen from your muscles as fast as is possible that's the first part of it and the second part of it is it reduces your sympathetic nervous system response afterwards so you rapidly switch from sympathetic to parasympathetic right after dumping your glycogen and it's that combination that causes you to rapidly change your mitochondrial function so you're better at using oxygen than you were before and The changes are things you actually wouldn't get, even if you decided you were going to do what I did when I was, when I was fat, I used to ride 20 miles a day on my Cannondale bike when I was 18 years old. I get on the road, it's Albuquerque, it's cruising around. Actually, that was a little younger than that, but anyway, cruising around and cardio doesn't do it, but I was doing long cardio. What long cardio does is it tells your body, well, I'm running away from a tiger, but it's still hunting me. In fact, Mm -hmm. it's been hunting me for the last hour while the person in the front of the class wearing spandex is yelling at me and playing Britney Spears or whatever the heck latest Katy Perry, right? So the body's signal is not right there. And it says, okay, at the end of all that, if I had enough nutrition, maybe I'll recover, but I'm kind of tweaked. Like I've been hunted for an hour, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And you could be someone like I would have been. The reason I wrote Smarter Not Harder, part of it is when I weighed that 300 pounds. I said, most important thing I could ever do is lose weight. I went to the gym for 702 hours. I was doing 90 minutes a day, half weights, half cardio six days a week because it was the most important thing ever just to not have another knee surgery, just to, to finally be in shape to lose the weight. And at the end of 18 months, I still weighed 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting at Carl's Jr. watching my friends eat Western bacon cheeseburgers. I'm having the chicken salad with no dressing and no chicken because it's too high in calories and wondering if I'm still eating too much lettuce. I worked really hard, harder than you would ever know. And I, it didn't work and I know I have so many friends now who are, are overweight the way I used to be. And I feel it because I've been there I it, in the sense of helplessness where you push the pedal all the way to the floor and your car is still slowing down. You push harder, but it doesn't matter. That was me every day. And I did what was supposed to work to the the highest possible degree, and it just didn't. And it does for some people, but it comes at a great cost. It doesn't have to be that way. And smarter, not harder, there's five categories. These are all categories from Upgrade Labs, where I learned from opening eight years ago underneath Arnold Schwarzenegger's office (laughs) in Santa Monica, California. We opened the first ever biohacking facility that is now Upgrade Labs, opening one probably in your city. If not, you could open one yourself. And what, what I found out from all these people coming through is some people want muscles. Some people want cardio that we just talked about. Some people just want their brain back. That was me. And then there's another group of people who actually wants more stress management. In fact, people want that more than weight loss right now. And there's another group of people who just want their energy back and weight loss together because when you have too much weight, you have lower energy. It's like a teeter-totter. So what, what's going on there is you got to pick one of those. And in Smarter Heart, I'm like, okay, let's teach you how to figure out which of those matters most. And then let's see what your second most important goal is. And then I'll tell you exactly which technique or method or technology, which one's going to work to get you the most results for number one and number two, as fast as humanly possible. And for every one of these, there's a free level. This is a new principle. Here's how to do this rehit thing at home. There's another level, which is inexpensive, 50 bucks, something like that. Maybe a couple hundred dollars for a piece of technology that's going to save you thousands of hours. And then there's what the crazy billionaires do, and ideally what I'm doing at Upgrade Labs. And I just look, I lay it all out. So now you know it's possible you're not as stuck as you think you are. That was why it's worth a couple thousand hours to write the book. And that was hard work, but it was worthy hard work.
1: No, absolutely. And you talk about the five five sections, right? So you've got different sections in the book, but you know, you're talking about tapping the power of laziness, removing your friction. Oh, when let's you talk t- about laziness. Yeah, let's talk about laziness because that is a word that triggers me. I'm like, not lazy, I'm a hard worker. I don't wanna, you know, I, I know I gotta put in the the hard work to get the results. Mm. And,
0: he, and Here's the psychology behind it. Remember that meat operating system that we talked about? It's lazy. It, it says, look, you might starve because there might not be enough food. Why would you ever do anything hard? Just lay on the couch. Since it manipulates reality, it makes the couch and the Ben and Jerry's look way more attractive than they are. So when it comes to time for you to make a decision, you're going to say brain says go to the gym, body says lay on the couch, okay? If you lay on the couch, you gave in to what your body naturally wants after 2 billion years of, of evolution. But then we're taught by our parents, our teachers, our bosses, our churches, all those things. If you're lazy, you're a bad person. No one will love you. Will will actually kick you out of our city and then you'll die. Like like literally, laziness is tied to being unworthy. But all of us have two billion years of history making our bodies lazy. Our minds are not lazy, but our bodies are lazy. And they, they send us fake signals about how hard the workout's gonna be, about how unpleasant it's gonna be. So how do you harness lazy to make you motivated? Well, on one hand, laziness does motivate us. There was a guy one day who said, you know what, I've had enough, of pushing a plow behind an ox. I'm lazy. I think I'll make a tractor. Mm-hmm. So I'll argue that all of human progress actually comes from laziness. It's good that our tissues are lazy and it's annoying that they're lazy. So Anna, I think, cause I've known you long enough. I, I know this is true. There has been a time in your life where you've gone out to the mall and you bought a pair of really nice shoes that were on sale and you saved like 400 bucks. And you sat down with your friends and you said, I saved $400 on these shoes. True? True. Okay. Did you say how much you spent on the shoes? No. Why is that?
1: Because the savings, the saving is what you can highlight. I mean, that's like, look at this difference. I've saved all this money. Mm -hmm. I saved this time. Yeah.
0: That's a biohack and all Mm -hmm. marketing companies know this because savings feel bigger than they are. Like if you spent $400 on shoes, that's actually real saving four hundred dollars on shoes. That's not even real, right? It's, it's a fantasy, but people give you a 25 cent coupon and it feels like it's worth two bucks because your operating system is lazy. It amplifies certain things and it makes them feel better than they are. And of course we listen to our feelings. So what would happen if you use that to motivate yourself? Here's what you do when you read Smarter, Not Harder. You figure out what matters to you. Let's say it's that cardio example. You say, you know what? Instead of telling yourself, I'm going to go do five minutes of mildly difficult work to get my cardiovascular thing, that's still your body's like, meh, that that might feel like a half hour. It doesn't sound that exciting. You go, hey, I'm going to save 55 minutes of sweating my ass off in the gym. And when you tell your operating system in your body, I'm going to go save 55 minutes of suffering, it'll be like, let's go. And yes, all of a sudden yeah. your resistance melts and then you're happy to do it. And I have no resistance to spending five minutes, which includes 20 seconds of hard work. I'll do that. Just the same as, okay. Most of us brush our teeth morning and night. It's kind of annoying, but we do it because it's worth it. And it's not that hard. But if you had to stand on your head and brush your teeth for 10 minutes, no one would brush their teeth. Okay. Your body makes things feel harder than they are. And what you do is you tell the body how much you're going to save and that's what the laziness principle is. Laziness becomes the carrot your body follows. Meanwhile, you've always wanted to do the work. It was never about you. It was about your body making things look different than they are.
1: And you're saying no sweating allowed. So let's talk about this. So it's like, is it high intensity interval training? No.
0: Okay, so not.
1: explain the difference.
0: Okay. With high intensity interval training, you warm up, then you run as fast and as hard as you can for a minute. Then you walk for a minute. Do it again. Walk for a minute. Sprint again. Walk for a minute. Do three, maybe five of those. You'll be sweating. You'll be panting. You'll be miserable. But you will get much better results than if you just went for an hour run, you know, sometimes maybe some hills or whatever. So that's the beginning of understanding a new principle that's behind everything and Smarter Not Harder. And this is these are words I, I coined. It's a pattern that I recognize and I haven't seen it written up this way anywhere. So I believe it's new. and. That slope of the curve that says how quickly it comes on and off, that's the signal. So high-intensity interval training is kind of miserable. It's better because at least you're doing on-off, on-off, but you never rest enough between, between the intervals. The first inkling about this came from an interview I did years ago with John Gray from... Uh, women are from
1: Men are from Venus. Mars. Women yeah. are from Venus. Yeah. I,
0: I never know who's from what planet. I get all confused because <laughs> I'm probably from Uranus or something.
1: Think about V. V. Venus.
0: Oh, I never even thought about that. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. now no, I got it. Thank you. You're I have welcome. the mnemonic now. John Gray is is going to be happy with me next time I see him. Tell him I'm not from Venus. What you find is, he noticed that during high-intensity interval training, if he laid on his back between them, he got better results, and wasn't sure why. If you lay on your back your body returns to homeostasis, to calmness more quickly. Uh, So what we did is we used artificial intelligence to figure out what is the exact precise signal to make your body do what you want. And it turns out there's another thing like that for putting on muscle. So instead of you know, picking up weights until you're completely exhausted and there's nothing you can do, uh, like, okay, maybe I'll be sore, maybe I won't, you'll put on some muscle. But using the right signal into the body, you can put muscle on three to five times faster than picking up rocks. Because everything that we do in exercise today is pick up rocks or run away from tigers or maybe some stretching, like that's all of exercise for all of history. Well, it turns out now we can change the environment around us so that our body is like, oh my God, maybe there's not a tiger. Maybe it's so convenient and easy. I'll just fix my respiratory system right now instead of doing it slowly over time. Oh, look, I had enough protein. I had exactly the right signal. I think I'll put a bicep on. And I mean, Anna, you've known me for what? Five or seven years and all. Yeah. This is like my, let's see if I can do that. That's my, that's my yeah. caffeine tattoo arm. But yeah. I work out 15 minutes a week in total, and I am 50 years old, chronologically, and I'm 39 years, 39 years old biologically. I am in better shape than I've ever been because I've been applying slope of the curve biology. I'm doing the upgrade labs thing, and it's so cool.
1: I love it. Now, you know, one of the things that you wrote about in one of your earlier books on um, biohacking was about the nutrition the nutrition component, intermittent fasting, making sure you're getting uh, healthy amounts of fat and so with this are you you're layering on all of these things you're layering on the you know fasting component you're laying layering on the nutrition you're layering on this flexibility right bringing your body into the parasympathetic which frankly I think we've done, you know, we've done a lot of destruction in our own yeah. physiology over these, you know, over our lifestyle, just as Americans with destroying our parasympathetic. So it doesn't even know how to relax. So you've actually got to retrain it, especially going from full on to that relaxation state. So you're working on um, heart rate variability during this. I know that that's one of the things that you'll measure, but how, you know, how are you layering it? How are you doing this in, in your life? I know we can't do everything all the time. And I like how you're simplifying. Okay, maybe less is less is more, but what's it, right for it, you? And how is it different from men versus women?
0: It's not even really about less being more. It's about you need to know where you are and where you are includes whether you're a man or a woman, includes how much shape you're in, includes basically your your, your conditioning compared to what you want. And it's not just physical conditioning. It can be happiness. It can be energy levels. It can be whatever. But it turns out there isn't really a score for that. And also people say, I want to be healthy. What does that even mean? And no one knows. So what healthy means when I go through tens of thousands of people who've been through Upgrade Labs and the goals are pretty consistent in these buckets. I just want my energy back and I want to lose weight. Super common, okay? If an 18-year-old guy like me comes in versus a a woman going through a perimenopause, the answers are going to be very different, but it's the same goal, right? So identifying your goal is important. Or I wanted to put muscle on. I realized I don't have enough muscle. And women want to put muscle on too, because it makes you live longer and it makes Mm -hmm. you look better. You won't get bulky, don't worry. And then- The next thing is, okay, I just want my brain to work. I'm putting my car keys in the refrigerator and I'm 42 years old and it worries me. Okay, that happens to people all the time. I hear it every day. I've written a whole book about the brain because it happened to me so much. And it doesn't anymore. I don't even lose words. It's crazy how how well my brain works because of all this biohacking stuff. And then you get people say, I'm stressed all the time and I don't know what to do. Okay, totally different goal if you come in with that. So you have to pick it. So who am I and where am I based on the things that matter and where do I wanna go? And once you do that, and that's what Smarter Not Harder is about, okay, now let's pick a path that includes the technology that works best. When you come into an upgrade labs, we do an electrical screening, we do all this other stuff, and our AI system tells you what to do to get the most results. But not everyone's going to have one down the street from them. So that's why I wrote the book, because you got to figure out your goals. So if you're a woman, the technology and the techniques for slope of the curve biology, that rehit it works, but you're not going to push as hard as a man. And the real reason for that is, and I know as a medical doctor, this might be surprising, but women are not little men. Uh, It it turns out they're just not. (laughs) So the maximum heart rate is going to be different for you. And you're going to push yourself as hard as you can doing rehab, but you're not going to overtrain. What I find with women is that quite often the biggest challenge is that women are overtraining when they decide to train like i'll just go do 75 hard man if you have female biology and you are in your time of life where you're fertile and you do this you know wake up and do an hour or two of exercise a day and you're just going to push through that's called overtraining and women burn out before men do in overtraining scenarios because your body is desperately trying to maintain a fertile state and do everything that guys are doing and if we are not in a fertile state as men, we don't die if we get pregnant and women do. And your body knows that your meat operating system is working so hard to protect you from that uncertainty. And it's, it's why there are just fundamentally are differences between men and women. And you can become very strong and very resilient, but you don't do the same training a guy would do you do the training that's appropriate for your biology. And I don't want you to train harder. That's the whole point. I just want you to get the results. And if you do what's in here, you're gonna realize, oh, I wanted to put muscle on, but I didn't wanna injure myself and I didn't have a lot of time. So I'll use another technology in the book called blood flow restriction. So I'm gonna get these little bands that you put around your arms and your legs, and I'm gonna do exercise with one pound pink dumbbells so I don't have to have the big kettlebells and like get a tattoo to go use them. What you end up with is, oh, look, I used a biohack that lowered the blood flow to my arms so I didn't have to work very hard. And now I'm putting on muscle and I feel amazing. These things are possible. There is great science behind them. It exists. And we just don't know that. So um, I, I think we've got to respect the differences in our biology. And we've got to understand that women are at higher risk for losing their minerals There's a couple chapters in Smarter, Not Harder about friction. The things we're doing that make training not work, that make our biohacks not work, that make meditation not work, that make dieting not work. So what if no matter how hard you tried, it wasn't going to work because you didn't have enough copper in your body. You get all the right signals and you do all the effort, you work hard, you pick up the heavy things, you run really fast, you meditate, no results. Well, I'm seeing more and more and more of this because people are going on Uh, these allegedly healthy plant-based only diets where they're lacking minerals. And they say, but there's, there's minerals in my spinach. The problem is the iron that's in spinach is 1.7% absorbable, Mm -hmm. So plants have minerals, but the minerals are locked up and plant proteins, especially whole food proteins, they contain enzyme inhibitors that stop you from using the protein that's in the plant because the plant didn't want you to eat it. So the worst of all, probably, is overnight oats. Oats are peasant food designed to keep you alive in the winter. And one of the things oats do is they steal minerals like zinc and copper and iron and calcium. That
1: includes oat milk. Because yeah. That's uh, the latest crave. Yeah, oat milk is the
0: biggest scam. Oh, and did you see Starbucks? They invented this idea of putting oil in coffee. Um, Howard Schultz just announced that today. It's a really good idea to put oil in coffee. I don't know where he got it.
1: Wait, what yeah. kind of oil are they putting in? I haven't seen that. Okay. I would...
0: Oil and oat milk in coffee and calling it ole- oleato or something. Um, and But it says right there that, you know, it's going to transform the world and that they invented putting um, oil on coffee. And so I'm like, I'm very supportive of putting oil on coffee. It's just the wrong oil because yeah. oat milk is bad for you. So what this does is it contains something called phytate and phytate binds to precious minerals that your body needs. It will pull them out of your bones, out of your cells. And yet they're feeding you peasant food, telling you it's a luxury health food, charging you $7 for it and you're depleting minerals. And then when you go to the gym, or then when you go to meditate or you go to sleep and something doesn't work right, and your body's getting anxious because it's depleted and it knows that it's lacking minerals and it can't do its job, it's trying to support you, and it feels anxious so then you feel anxious and then you look around and you blame your partner. This is happening all the time because of processed foods. So I tell you how to put minerals back in your body. Everyone needs to have, a macro mineral like a, a, a mineral capsule and it's usually three pills i believe your uh, mighty maca has a bunch of minerals and i don't know the levels though danger coffee is my new coffee company where i put a ton of trace minerals in the coffee yeah. in order to to restore mineral balance for trace minerals in people. and people and you feel different when you drink it but one thing i want to warn you about and i tried this i tried putting mighty maca in danger coffee It was not a pleasant experience, so I I do my Mighty Baka in water and and then the Danger Coffee or vice versa, but but in the same thing at the same time, that was not a good biohack. That was not harder, not harder.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. I have not tried that myself. I have not tried that myself, but (laughs) I do like your danger coffee and I like the name of it because, you know, you're on the edge, right? And the thing is though, what you're really working on is resetting your body to getting into that, being able to get into that peaceful state, get out of that high stress state. We had a question about how does biohacking lower stress levels?
0: Well, If you go to the section of the book on resilience, on training resilience, you can teach the body to feel safe in certain environments where it doesn't. You imagine that uh, on your phone, you have all these notifications that pop up all the time, and they say, You know, someone has added you on TikTok, or, you know, it's time for a calendar. And if if you have enough of those turned on, you can't actually use your phone. It's just bling, bling, bling. Well, your nervous system does the same thing. And it's your meat operating system, your body. It's trying to figure out what might be dangerous around you. And that person criticizing you the way Susie did in third grade, for some reason, your body is so dumb. It's very fast, but it's so dumb that it's like, that might be dangerous. That makes me feel uncomfortable. And you get triggered. Right. And those triggers take away your strength and your resilience. And one solution to that is to get really mad and yell at everyone around you so that they'll change their behavior so you can feel less triggered. Unfortunately, that doesn't seem to work very well. The other thing you can do is you can train your body to not get triggered. It's not that there's anything wrong with you, it's not that, that. That you're choosing to be triggered and it feels like you don't have control over it, but you can train your body to turn off the alert. And that's the last two chapters of smarter, not harder. And this is something that comes from my neuroscience company. It's called 40 years of Zen. And this is where you spend five days with neuroscientists retraining your brain. It's, it's the world's highest end brain, uh, brain upgrade program right now. Most people aren't going to go to Seattle. It's an expensive program executives and, and celebrities and people go there, but the technique the reset mode, you can do this at home. And what that involves is going in and figuring out what your trigger is and then turning it off. So instead of like feeling that you got triggered and then taking a deep breath going, I'm very mad, but I'm not going to let anyone know that I'm mad. We all know you're mad. It's okay. Yeah. Right. And then saying, I'm going to behave myself. Okay, good. This time you didn't yell at your kids or at your parents or your boss or yourself even, but you wanted to. And that took a lot of energy. So what if you just turn it off? So next time it happened, like, oh, that wasn't very nice, but you're not triggered, right? And you don't have to yell at anyone to change their behavior so you can feel safe in your skin because you owned your own biology, the definition of biohacking. That's how important it is. It's called the the reset mode. And it's in the last two chapters of Smarter, Not Harder.
1: Yeah, no, this is such a great book. And again, cutting edge. And I know you've been part of longevity groups. You're on multiple boards and Uh, various companies. and, And, and again, you've been at this a long time. So the biggest thing is when we look at, you know, not pushing yourself, I mean, you're pushing with the, some of the What's the, how are you calling that exercise? The laziness principle exercise is what I want to call it. it, It's not hit. It's, you know,
0: you're just motivating yourself by by saying, you know what? This exercise is so much less work. I'm going to choose the thing that's less work. And body's like, yeah, I'm down with less work. But if you're like, I'm going to go do the hard stuff, the body's like, I'm going to sabotage you.
1: I'm going to sabotage you. So that, yeah, yeah, no, that's powerful. And each um, chapter has biohack hierarchy for each of the chapters. So I like that you call those out as well. And one of the things that I think it's it's important to understand is women as women and men are growing older as couples are growing older. One of the areas that are contribute to I mean, demise in a relationship is the lack of sex drive. And sex drive is receptivity, energy, and connection. So what in you know what can you do that's smarter and not harder huh, to to uh. hack in that area?
0: I love this. There's two side goals that I I learned from all the people coming to Upgrade Labs. Some people want to improve their sleep and some people want to improve their sex drive. So I didn't put these as primary goals because for some people that really matters, but those always go back to having more energy or having more muscle mass. Usually, actually, especially more for women than men, uh, but not always that I want to get my energy back. But there are chapters about that because when you fix your sleep and you fix your energy magically your sex drive oftentimes comes back but sometimes it requires help you know one of my favorite herbs for restoring testosterone balance in men and women is can you guess anna what that might be
1: it's got to be maca of course it's gotta be my maca yeah It, it
0: is yeah maca is a really powerful one and i write about some of the herbs in the book that work for that. And quite often a lack of sex drive can be tied to minerals. And so it's just, it's kind of crazy. Our food doesn't contain minerals the way it used to cause our soil has been depleted and glyphosate steals minerals from the soil. So you're eating stuff, you think it's healthy, you're getting depleted in minerals and then your body can't make the hormones it needs to make. So then you don't have sex drive and you're more anxious and you have less energy. And that's a spiral. I'm too tired to have sex today. I don't feel like it today. And if it was all tied to zinc and copper and chromium, how would you ever know? So I'm like, let's make sure you get enough of those minerals because everything works better. And then let's fix your sleep. And Anna, do you know, do you know the URL for my sleep page? It's, it's hilarious. Uh,
1: no, but uh, I I had some guesses that (laughs) everyone's talking about it, but no one's getting enough of it.
0: (laughs) No, it's, it's, uh, Sleepwithdave.com.
1: Of course, it is. Of course, Uh, it
0: is. It's totally, it's this is a free thing. This is everything I know about how to get more sleep in less time. All the technologies, all the techniques, all the circadian stuff, just in a little mini course, completely free. No credit card, no nothing. Like, I just want people to sleep better because then we don't run into each other on the freeway. Uh, So, that's a big summary. Uh, But the best place you could go right now to get the summary of everything is smarternotharder.com because that's the new book and that's where all the bonuses for it are. And I, uh, by now you're listening to this uh, you know that smarter and harder is going to save you way more time than it's going to take to listen to the audiobook or to read the book and my goal here is it took about two thousand hours to create the book and that's a lot of time that's about one year of full-time work <laughs> so um my goal is that it's worth your time to read it and that lots of people are going to read it and just realize wow i got my energy back i got six hours a week back and i look and feel better than i did before Because if someone had written this book for me when I weighed 300 pounds and I was 22 years old, oh my God, the things I would have done. So I'm getting even for all that time I spend in the gym without results.
1: And everyone's, again, a lot, you know, everyone's different and unique and you're coming to it from different places. Like you said, and I like that you said that, where are you on your cycle? What are your goals? What, you know, but there's, something for everyone in here and, and you put a lot of work into it and you're always well ahead of the curve. I mean, you came out with your Bulletproof coffee, hence your oil and coffee. And now 15 years ago, I mean, it's been a long time. How long yeah. has it been?
0: 2011, yeah. I think is when I first wrote about it and I, I created it in 2000. Geez, 2005, I started making it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So a long time, needless to say. And so again, always ahead of the curve and then keep Putting things you keep putting things out to help everyone. So you're 40 years of Zen. I know many people that have gone through that program and just said it was transformative because there's so much that we have been programmed, right? So you're programmed to do, think our body's been programmed to react. And then you've got to reset that. So give us a a little a quick day in a life. And I'm watching the time. I know I gotta let you go. But um a quick day in the life, like, a, or a quick, other than the high, in, you know, the, the intervals, what we can do, what you would recommend me to do, my tribe of women to do who are postmenopausal that they can do today or tomorrow to really start shifting their physiology. And we're all going to get smarter, not harder. I know you've got bonuses for it, as well as a chance to win a one on one session with you, which that's that's really cool.
0: I I love getting a chance uh, to talk with with people one-on-one. And I'm doing some episodes on my show as well on the Human Upgrade podcast, where uh, I just have someone from my mentorship group. I'm like, hey, let's solve this problem. Right? Yeah, sleepwithdave.com. That's the best URL of my life. It makes me laugh. I'm looking at the <laughs> comment there. And there, Hiyoba uh, says 40 years of Zen. That's on their bucket list. And it's, it, it's one of those things where if you get to just talk sometimes for an hour you can drill past so many layers of beliefs that sometimes you get it from the medical system like oh you have to take a drug for that yeah sometimes actually that's the right answer i'm not a doctor but i am a biohacker and i lecture to doctors all the time and usually there's something that you just didn't know and, and if you have that one piece of knowledge like oh if i just focus on that goal and in this pathway to get there all the suffering and struggle It wasn't necessary. You just thought it was. And and I, I, I have broken myself in the gym and I literally did get autoimmune stuff from overtraining Uh, and it wasn't necessary, but I I thought it was, and I thought I was a good person because I did it. And I know so many people listening right now, Anna, they're not eating enough food and they are exercising themselves into serious hormonal problems. And the whole time they're deficient in minerals they don't have trace minerals and they're trying and they're eating the foods they think are healthy that are making it worse. And eventually, this is reliable and repeatable. Their cycle stops working. Or if they're guys, they wake up without a kickstand and it gets worse and worse. So when I get a chance to just sit down with someone and say, hey, let's really talk about what's going on and get it going. I I, I appreciate being able to do that. And I, I just wish someone had been able to do that for me. So pick up Smarter and Harder and sign up for that. And you could win a chance to sit down with me and let's hack you.
1: Yeah, let's do that. That sounds great. And I think that one of the things is we stress about not getting enough sleep. We stress about ah, I didn't get my exercise in we stress about versus what you're saying with the laziness principle. I mean, you're conditioning your body to want to do it because it feels so good at, you know, during after you are feeling you're you know, you're rewiring to say, okay, now I, I do want to do this. Now you know, your this is a thing.
0: Your body's never gonna want to, I I'm sorry. Your body's <laughs> always gonna be lazy because it's what keeps us alive. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna, you're, you're going to want to do it and you're gonna make your body believe it's not that bad. So right now, your body makes it feel like it's really gonna be hard and you're gonna reverse trick your body. So your body's like, oh, I guess I could do it, but you're always gonna have to be in charge. But because what you did was so effective, like, oh. I got this. And then it gives you so much more energy that next time your body winds a little bit, you're like, I got this. But if you're tired and you're drained, the next time your body goes, man, doesn't that couch look good and the gym looks bad? You're like, yeah, it sure does. And then okay. your body wins and then you think you're a bad person. But your body's never going to want to exercise. It's just not. That's you who wants to exercise. And that's good.
1: Mm-hmm. And for men versus women, right? To really understand where yep. you're at hormonally, and you know the stages of your life, and what your primary goal is. For women, it's not the same thing that um, your husband's doing, or your partner's doing, or your friend's doing, or your coworkers doing. It's what you need to do, and figuring that yeah. out for yourself. Do you have a guideline in here that'll help us really tailor that to to the individual?
0: I do, and, and heart rate variability, your measure of how overtrained or undertrained your body is, it's a big deal. So if you're under the mindset that I'm going to work out the same as the man in my life, let's say you're a woman, uh, and you you want to get like super lean and ripped and see the veins, and some people want to do that, that is actually not the healthiest state that's going to create the highest resilience for you. It's not even for guys. We can handle less body fat than women, but you see a guy at four percent body fat. That is a starved body. It might look hot, but that is a body that is not going to be able to handle much in the world. That's what you look like after the wolves have been hunting you for a month and you don't want to look like that. and, And you actually can't in Hollywood, they don't do that. And so for women, you want to look strong and you want to have some curves because that's what makes you live the longest and have the most energy. And some women have more curves than others, that's all fine. But if you wanna be that like lean, tight skin on every little part of your body, you're probably not gonna feel very good and it's probably not sustainable and it's probably gonna harm your hormones and you can measure it with heart rate variability, which I talk about it in Smarter Not Harder. You know you're overtrained or underslept or under eating because your number drops.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, heart rate variability is such a good marker. I would say in in obstetrics, we look at the fetal heart rate variability and we know when that starts to decrease decline that our baby's getting stressed and then we forget about measuring it, you know, for the rest of our lives. So it is an important, as important as your important measurement, as your blood pressure, as your weight, as your pulse, all of those good things. Dave, thank you. You guys check out, Dave tell us, tell them where they can get the book. We put some links in the comments in the show notes
0: smarter, not harder.com is going to have all the free bonuses. Pick up the book anywhere you like to buy books, bonus points. If you buy it from an indie bookstore while well, we still have them and, uh, check out my podcast. And I don't know, I'm easy to find online, uh, Dave And, and just understand, uh, I want you to have hundreds of hours of more free time. And that's why this book is there. It's called smarter, not harder. And I appreciate you taking the time to read it. I promise to give you more time back.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, I I, I like that. I like that idea. Thank you everyone for listening. You can watch this on YouTube, listen to this wherever you listen to podcasts, and definitely share, share about Smarter Not Harder and, uh, with your friends. Send them a copy, buy a couple copies, go through it together. It helps with accountability and everything you do. Accountability is, is the key certainly to my success and having a, you know, being on the cutting edge is going to save you so much time. Thank you for all your work, Dave, and thank you everyone for listening. Till next time.